Matthew in chapter 18. Matthew in chapter 18. Again, just curious this morning, how many of you actually went to Sunday school when you were younger? Okay, quite a few. So hopefully this will make a little bit of sense what I'm trying to say. The rest of you, hopefully I can explain it here in a little bit, in just a minute. Well, let's do start with our scripture this morning. This new series we're going to do is called Sunday School Answers. And we're going to start here in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. This is Jesus speaking. He says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child unto him, and he set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Start off with a little illustration here from Aubin Lynch. In the Minneapolis Star, Judy Zimmerl writes, three-year-old Katie was taken to her pediatrician during a recent bout with the flu. As the doctor examined her ears, he asked, will I find Big Bird in here? Apprehensively, Kate replied, no. Then before examining her throat, he asked, will I find the cookie monster in here? Again, no. Finally, listen to her heart, he asked, will I find Barney in here? With innocent conviction, she looked him directly in the eye and she said, no, Jesus is in my heart, but Barney is on my underwear. (laughs) We are going to talk about the faith of a little child today. First thing, happy Father's Day, all right? We don't do enough probably for our fathers. I was trying to think, well, we could do fishing lures or toolkits or hats or whatever, but Basically, we just want to show you appreciation, all of you fathers, and we want to encourage our fathers to keep pouring into their kids and their grandkids that the Lord's name be hallowed. Amen? Amen. So if you haven't already, this is your reminder. Reach out to your dad or your son or your grandson or granddaughter and your daughters. Let them know that you love them, vice versa, and be an encouragement on this Father's Day. Well, this kind of hit me a few weeks ago, this idea of Sunday school answers. And I don't know if you have encountered this before, but in some circles, the idea of a Sunday school answer is kind of a negative thing. And so I pulled this from Brian Sanders. He says, Sunday school answer is a pejorative used within evangelical Christianity to refer to an answer as being the kind of answer one might give to a child. Like maybe you've heard the old story where the, the teacher was trying to talk and she said, what is it that is, uh, likes to run up trees and has a furry tail and around here they're kind of red and they're kind of rotedy looking. What, what, is, what is that? And the little boy says, well, I know the answer is Jesus, but it sounds like a squirrel to me. And in Sunday school, we have those kind of answers, right? Like, well, Jesus and the cross and sin. But what I want to tell you guys is that There's so much hope and encouragement in those Sunday school stories. It's the story that will carry you through. 
If you've been going through any kind of suffering or hurting or difficulty, this series is for you. And so we're going to revisit some of these familiar answers and familiar stories. My hope is to remind you that Sunday school answers and the questions that lead to them, that you'll be reminded that there's some of the most important answers and the stories in our life. They guide us. They give us hope. They teach us the way. And what I love about them is they teach us the way that the youngest and the oldest can latch on to, no matter where you are in your faith. So this morning, we're going to start on a very important premise, and that is the premise that we should have the faith of a little child. And I want to tell you today, in many ways, I think sometimes we get a little too smart and too sophisticated for our own good. Hear the Lord today. I was watching this year. I think this makes no sense, but hopefully I can convey it to you. I was watching Paul Macbeth. You guys, a few years ago, I used to play Frisbee golf. I love to throw Frisbee golf, so I was watching a little bit of that. And these guys are out here. Paul Macbeth is the best putter in the whole world. Like, he can be like 7,500 feet away from the basket. Money, money, money. And so he's out with these other guys, and this guy's getting, really, getting ready to throw it, and he goes, Oh, I just, I overthink this too much. My, my, I need to take my 75 IQ down to 50. Paul says, take it down to a 20. <laughs> and then he did it and he missed it. So he goes, oh, you should have been a 15. And on the next hole, he says, okay, I made it a 15. And he, and he makes it this time, this, this other guy that's playing with Paul Macbeth. And the idea is that so many times we try to overthink and overdo and overprocess things when we just need to step in and follow what we know to be right. Amen. And I think you're going to hear that from the Lord today in this message. So again, hopefully you find some encouragement. This is Jesus. He's with the disciples. And it's an interesting situation because there's this conversation about some pretty intense things. And then Jesus pulls up this young child and, and he says that you need to have the faith of a little child. So let's look at this first thing this morning. Who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? Verse 1, NIV here, Bible says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now this seemed to be a common discussion among the disciples about who was the greatest. As a matter of fact, there was a, a mama who kind of got in that way. This isn't Mother's Day, so we can talk about mamas today, right? <laughs> what did the mother of the sons of thunder decide to do? Oh, Jesus I got some amazing boys. They're like the best boys in the world. They're so good. Oh, man, Lord, Jesus, what you need to do is when you come to your kingdom, can you let John have one side and James have the other side? Now, how do you think the boys felt? If it was like us, they'd been really embarrassed, right? Mom, quit it. Would you stop saying that stuff? She was pushing her way in that they could be the greatest. Even in our culture today, we have this idea of the greatest in so many things, right? Who's the greatest? We even have a term for it. What's the term today? The goat, right? It's kind of a relatively new term. Not goats are not relatively new. <laughs> but the G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. We see this desire in the human heart today, right? Who is the goat in sports? Are you a LeBron or are you a Michael Jordan, right? Who's the goat in football? Are you Peyton Manning or are you Tom Brady? Don't say those things, shh, he said. 
Who's the goat in music, right? Who's the goat in business or even politics or even war? Who is the greatest? There is a desire in the human heart to be the most important one. And can I share this with you this morning, hopefully gently? Sometimes this even displays itself among Christians. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest singer? Who's the greatest soul winner? Who's the greatest preacher or evangelist or missionary? Or who has the most compassion? Who does the most works of service? Who sacrifices the most? Sometimes that desire creeps in there too, doesn't it, right? Who is the greatest? And here's the point this morning. Being a disciple is not about being a somebody. It's about becoming like a little child. It is good to have children among us today, isn't it? Right? I love it, right? And I, I love the life and the joy that they bring. VBS, I cannot wait next Sunday to see all of those kids and see their smiles and their craziness. But today we're going to see the Lord calls us to be like a child. Again, let the Lord speak to your heart this morning. Look in verse 2. Like a child, verse 2. So he, Jesus, called the little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Did you hear that? You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest. Again, who's the greatest? Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, you need to catch this with me here this morning. A lot of times we have discussions about discipleship. People think that that just means we're going deeper in the word, deeper in prayer, we're becoming, you know, stronger. When Jesus talks about discipleship here, he's not talking about that. Did you hear what he said? He said, whoever becomes like this little child can enter the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about life and death. We're not talking about being deeper. So for us to be in life, to find life, we have to become like Jesus. Jesus makes a call for discipleship. He is not defining discipleship as deeper living. It's about making entrance into the kingdom. And in order to enter the kingdom, we must be like a little child. So what does that mean? We must be like a little child. What do you know about little kids? Real quick, what comes to mind? You think little kids, what do you think? Lots of energy, good. What else? They're loud, yes. <laughs> I think of joy, and then I think of sadness, and joy and sadness, right? They're very, some of the kids are really expressive, right? And not put everybody in the same camp. What else? Think of little kids. They can be messy. <laughs> very good, all right. I've got four things this morning for you that I want you to think about as we look at what Jesus said. We need to become like a little child. And if you'll listen, I think the Lord will challenge you and encourage your heart. The first thing about little kids is they have incredible faith. As we think about this Father's Day, little kids will jump into their daddy's arms almost no matter how scary something might seem. We traveled to California back in 2000. Isaiah was two. That's a long time ago. <laughs> and we were in Arizona and out in this pool in the deep end. And Isaiah would just go right off the deep end of the diving board and just come right on into me. He had like no fear whatsoever. Why is that? 
Because at that time, he trusted me. Now, he learned better in his life, right? <laughs> but his faith was like, I can do this. this is, these are my people. This is who I'm with. I can, I, can, I can do this. This is not a problem. And I want you to think briefly with me some of the people that had incredible faith and how in many ways it was childlike faith. What about Abraham? What was his faith? The, big, the biggest thing was to offer his son, right? But when you read in Hebrews, Abraham said, well, if God needs him, he gave him to me, and I know he could raise him up. It's not a problem for him. Do you believe like that? That is something, isn't it, right? To believe what, beyond what you can see and know. Abraham had never seen God raise anybody from the dead, but he knew in his heart that if God needed to, he'd raise him up from the dead. How about Noah and his childlike faith? And again, and if I'm understanding the scriptures true, uh, there was never any rain when God told Noah to build a boat. Go build a boat. Some of you have been able to visit a replica of what it may have looked like, right? This massive thing. God says, go build a boat. It's not even rain. And what's Noah do? God told me to build a boat. I'm going to build a boat. Right? Ruth, oh man, goes into, lives in Moab. Her, her mother-in-law comes over in this country and just intense grief. They both, her sister-in-law and her both lose her husband. Her mother-in-law is just complete sadness. And Orpah says, I'm going to stay with my family. Namely, you can go back home, but I love you, but I'm going to stay here. And what's Ruth say? Wherever you go, I go. Wherever you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. He'll take care of it. You believe God like that? The little kids do, don't they, right? Their faith, even in the Lord, even challenges me and in other people. Like they just can believe when the rest of us sometimes have such a hard time. We're so skeptical in our own culture and society. When have you displayed childlike faith? When have you said, God told me, I'm going to do it? Here's the first thing I want you to take from the faith of a little child this morning. Again, think of the phrasing. It's very important. If you are going to enter the kingdom, you will need to believe in what you cannot see. If I reverse it, this is very strong, but listen clear. You cannot enter the kingdom if you don't believe in what you cannot see. You want to be the greatest? You want to enter the kingdom, you have that faith of a little child. Second thing that I think about when I think about children's attributes, and again, not 100% across the board, but very often this holds true, and that is their sincerity. Little kids can be brutally honest, can't they, right? I still, I've shared this story a hundred times, but every time I think about Isaiah's little friend, Victoria, he was playing soccer. I'm showing off, kicking the ball around, like, you know, and I, I step back in a hole, I break my ankle, literally break it, it cracks. And the little girl goes, that's what you get for showing off, Mr. Penn. I mean, they are brutally honest, aren't they, right? Just tell it like it is. Uh, now, they do learn sin pretty quickly. <laughs> but what I would have you think about this morning is they usually don't have a lot of hypocrisy in them early on. And what I love and what I think God loves about little children 
as they talk to him about anything. Hear the Lord today. And I have to be careful because I really want us to be focused on people coming to Christ and that should be our heart's desire. But God wants you to bring everything to him. Your joys and your sorrows, right? If a little kid lost their billfold, they're talking to God about it. If they lost their stuffy, they're talking to God about it. If they've had the best, most wonderful day, they're talking to God about it, right? That sincerity is just incredible and they will talk to the Lord about anything. Who are some of the most sincere people that you know? Think just for a second. Who's someone in your life that you would say they're, they're just not a fake? They, they are the same person wherever they are. For my grandpa Malone, that's what I loved about that man. And he worked McDonnell Douglas. He was an electrician at a water plant in Decatur. But he was a pastor for years and years and years. But he was the same guy in his house as he was in the church as he was at his work. That's who he was. He was sincere, and he definitely had a childlike faith. Are you sincere in your faith? Do you walk your talk? Second thing this morning about sincerity, if you're going to enter the kingdom, notice the phrasing. These are not my words. These are Jesus' words. If you're going to enter the kingdom, you will need to be brutally honest about your sin and your need of a Savior. How many of you think you're pretty good? I mean, you look around right now, and you probably think you're, you're doing all right, aren't you, right? I mean, there's so much violence in our city, all these culture wars, all this anger and tension. You're like, eh, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. If you are going to enter the kingdom, you're going to have to see yourself as God sees you. And that's something about the children, their sincerity. I think the Lord challenges us. Third thing this morning, faith like a child, and that is equity. Think about it this way here. Not like the way you hear it all the time today, but think about it this way. Little kids usually aren't out to impress people they deem important because prestige usually isn't so important to them. They would talk to the president the same as they would talk to a homeless person. Many little kids don't know the prejudice between skin color because they haven't learned it yet. Equity. They're not in here so we can brag on them today. David and Jacob, one of the things they taught me early on was their willingness to go hold the hand of a homeless man and to pray with him and to pray to God that God would do something. And their faith and their sincerity and the equity on that level, it didn't matter. Right? Who are you prejudiced against? And maybe it's not skin color, maybe it's economic thing. And if you're like me, I grew up in a blue collar area, I was prejudiced against the rich. I was prejudiced against the poor. Those white collar people up at the top of ADM and Staley's, they drove me crazy. That's my dad, he was a union guy, he taught me that early, right? Yeah, who are you prejudiced against? No, the Lord calls us to love and to serve. Just a couple quick examples, again, David, King David, he's the runt of his family, but the scripture reminds us that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Amen? Your faith and my faith should not be about keeping up appearances, and it definitely should be about serving the poor, the rich, and everyone in between. And we've said it a hundred times, 
We need to see Jesus in everyone we meet, and we can learn that from little kids. All right. If you are going to enter the kingdom, you will have to set aside your desires for wealth and fame and power. You will have to choose Jesus over money. Again, I'm trying to say this so clear, and I I hope that you will hear not me, but hear the Lord speak. It's not about if you're going to have a nice place in the kingdom. It's not about if you're going to have a better crown. If you're going to enter the kingdom, you have to choose Jesus over money. Let the Lord speak that to you, all right? This is the faith of a little child. The fourth thing here about kids, that is their humility. One of the things I love about little kids is usually they aren't too embarrassed to ask for help. They are willing to depend upon people that they trust. Little kids are just that. They're little, (laughs) right? I need help. I can't get the cookies up there. Lift me up there so I can get a cookie, right? I know what I want, but if I need help, I'm not afraid to ask for it. How many of you are afraid to receive help? Not afraid. How many of you really don't want any help? Right? Right? Yeah. I'm over here fishing in my kayak and trying to pull in a smallmouth bass. I don't catch anything. My buddy over there, he's in the 100 feet away. I mean, he's just pulling them in. Oh, that drives me crazy. Why is he catching and I'm not catching? I bet if I ask him, he would show me the exact lure and the depth and the setup. I ain't asking him. I want to do this myself. Kind of a silly illustration, but Spiritually, we do the same thing, don't we, right? I don't need you help. I don't need you helping me. I got this. Yeah, you can pray for me, whatever. I don't care. You want to talk to me about my motives? You really want to look at my life and see if you can hold me accountable? I don't need that. Again, the humility of a little child to say, I know what I need, and if I need help, I'm willing to take the help to get to where I need to be. To me, those are four things that remind us if we're going to be what we need to be, we need to humble ourselves like a little child. This is from um, Deb Zong. She says, when I look at a patch of dandelions, I see a bunch of weeds that are going to take over my yard. Kids see flowers for mom and blowing white stuff you can wish on. When I look at an old drunk and he smiles at me, I see a smelly, dirty person who probably wants money, and I look away. Kids see someone smiling at them, and they smile back. When I hear music I love, I know I can't carry a tune, and I don't have much rhythm, so I sit self-consciously and listen. Kids feel the beat, and they move to it. They sing out the words, and if they don't know them, they make up their own. (laughs) When I feel wind on my face, I brace myself against it. I feel it messing up my hair and pulling me back when I walk. Kids close their eyes and spread their arms, and they fly with it until they fall to the ground laughing. When I pray, I say thee and thou, and grant me this, and give me that. And kids say, hi, God. Thanks for my toys and my friends. Please keep the bad dreams away tonight. Sorry, I don't want to go to heaven yet. I would miss mommy and daddy. (laughs) When I see a mud puddle, I step around it. I see muddy shoes and clothes and dirty carpets. Kids sit in it. (laughs) They see dams to build, rivers to cross, and worms to play with. I wonder if we are given kids to teach or to learn from. No wonder God loves the little children. 
Amen? Sunday school answers. Don't be afraid of the Sunday school answers. Somebody tries to come at you and they want to hear some more intellectual words, but you can say, Jesus loves me, this I know, and the Bible tells me so. And people can argue about all kinds of things, but they are not going to be able to argue with your experience. Only you know what you've experienced with the Lord. And don't be afraid to share that to the most intellectual person in the world. Amen? All right, I'm going to do something that I almost never do, you guys. And I'm going to cut out most of the rest of what I had this morning. <laughs> but I want you to leave you with those, those things. If you can, Diane, can you skip all the way down to seeking the sheep? You guys, if you're in your Bibles there in Matthew 18, we're going down to verse 12. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for one that was wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about the one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. Look at verse 14. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. And if you were to read the paragraph in between, you'll see how much Jesus says, don't mess with the little ones. It'd be better if a stone's hung around your neck than you hurt one of my little ones. Right? But here what we see, I think, too, is we see how Jesus loves the little ones, and he's not just talking about the five-year-old or the eight-year-old. He sees everybody as valuable and needing redemption. Amen? And I love verse 14. The Father is not willing that anyone should be lost. God doesn't want anybody harmed or destroyed. He wants them all to be redeemed. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Don't you think we should be about the same thing? So hear us out this morning. To be a disciple is not to be concerned about fame, fortune, or prestige in God's kingdom, but it is to be concerned about what God says he is concerned about, about saving his little ones. You guys, this next Sunday, we're going to have an opportunity to have some impact on some little ones. But here's my challenge to you. My challenge is not that you would just come to teach and to serve, but you would come to learn. You're going to have an opportunity to hear from the Lord from some three-year-olds and some eight-year-olds and maybe a couple 12-year-olds. <laughs> right? Come to learn and be reminded again what it is to have a childlike faith. Do something. Get involved with their lives. Praise the kids as you have opportunity to do that. Help them know they are loved. Okay, quick reminder, and we'll wrap up here this morning. First thing again, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you will need to believe in what you cannot see. If you're going to enter the kingdom, you will need to believe in what you cannot see. As you're sitting there this morning, ask the Lord to help you believe what you cannot see. Second thing, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you will need to be brutally honest about your sin and your need of a Savior. I'm a decent person. I'm a nice guy. I'm a good gal. You need to be honest. If you're going to enter the kingdom, you will have to set aside your desires for wealth and fame and power. You will have to choose Jesus over money. Again, not my words. I'm telling you, the Lord is so clear about that. Last thing, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you will have to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord 
What does the scripture say? And he will lift you up. Amen. You let the Lord take care of those things. Do you want to be great in God's kingdom? Pursue a child.